What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Welcome to the HR Impact Show. I am your friendly neighborhood town strategy nerd, Dr. Jim. And in today's episode, we're going to understand how an ongoing dialogue about the right player in the right role on the right team is one of the secrets that will help you build an elite team. And the person that's going to take us through that learning is a 20-year veteran in sales leadership. He's done product environments, services environments, solutions environment in large and small companies. He's currently on the advisory board for Open Sky Health. He is also an advisor for the Independent Presbyterian Church. And currently he is the VP of sales for Abacus Technologies. Chip Neal, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jim. Glad to be here. So I'm looking forward to the discussion. Before we dive into the meat of the conversation, I know you have 8 million things that I could have included in the bio. Why don't you fill the audience in on some of the things that I didn't get to that you feel is important? I think first and foremost, you need to know that I'm a hashtag girl dad. I uh, am very proud to say that I have three adult daughters that my wife Beth and I have raised, and they are all professional, independent women and are excelling in different areas. I'm also very excited to say that I've had the opportunity throughout my years, and hopefully you'll learn that today, learn a lot through my sales career, not only internally, but externally throughout all the different businesses that I've worked for. When I'm not working, I love to play golf, I love to travel, and I enjoy uh, staying active and exercising. So recently, my wife and I have picked up pickleball, and what a joy that has been uh, to add to just the armamentarium of, of fun things to do when I'm not working. You mentioned pickleball. It's interesting. I see it everywhere. It's a, it's apparently the fastest growing racket sport in the U.S. The beautiful thing about pickleball is my wife's a tennis player and I'm a golfer. So this gives us the ability to play something together because she will tell you just how poorly I am at tennis. So uh, it's fun to, it's fun to have a sport we can play together. What we're trying to do in these conversations that we have with senior leaders across uh, HR, IT, and sales is build frameworks for our listeners and practitioners out there to build high-performing teams and elite organizations. So when you think about your career, both as an individual contributor and more so as a people leader, what was the game-changing realization that you uncovered or discovered that really amplified your ability to build a high performance organization? I think the number one thing that you realize very quickly as a young sales manager is that you have to find exceptional talent to create and fill the voids within your team. You do not want to hire yourself, but find that unique talent that will raise the level on your team. And that's an interesting concept because I always try to hire people that will outwork me, that are smarter than me, 
and that are more talented that could potentially step into my chair. And, and some sales leaders are intimidated by that, Jim. They feel they're, they don't have that confidence to understand that it's okay to have exceptional, very talented people on your team because that's going to make you better and it's going to raise that talent on the entire team. You know, I, I used to think that great sales talent had a certain pedigree and, and it was made from a certain mold, which is just simply not the case. Uh, there's sales talent everywhere. You just got to know where to find it and what you need on your team to help your team get better. Some advice that I was given, and, and this sounds probably pretty tough, but you you make and you create this great team. And then as a, a young sales manager, I had a, a leader come to me and he said, Chip, you built a, a great team, but every year, great sales teams have to look at turning that bottom percent, that bottom 10% of the team and replacing it with better talent. So that adage of the weakest link really steps into play. And, you know, what I found was great salespeople truly want to be associated with great teams and around great other great salespeople. So they appreciate that pace that you're setting and frankly don't want to be the, the bottom 10%. There's a lot to unpack in what you said, and I'm going to deconstruct a, a couple of things that stood out in the conversation in just that little bit that you, you shared. One of the things that you mentioned was when you were early in your career, one of the high priority goals that you had was to find exceptional talent. And you talked a little bit about, you know, what that looks like. I'd like you to expand on that and share a little bit about why sales leaders today might be getting in their own way in terms of finding that exceptional talent. What are some of those pitfalls that you've seen that keeps sales leaders from finding that talent? In the society that we're living in today, in the business world that we're living in today, I think we all admit that it's, it's harder to find great talent. And I think, unfortunately, there are sales leaders that are settling for the person that's in front of them instead of staying to their course, staying to their true self and really being tough on the process that, hey, if you're not completely satisfied with the individual that you're sitting down in front of, then you need to do one of two things. You need to move on to another candidate or if they still have not answered and really met what you're looking for, you need to bring them back in for another interview. And, and let me tell you, as a sales leader, the worst thing you can do is hire the right person for the wrong job because you're only going to set them up for failure and ultimately set you and your team up for failure. That's the challenge right now is that you have to be tough on the process. You got to stay to what brought you into the position that you're in and really seek hard the individual that's going to fill that void within your team. So let's talk a little bit about being tough on the process. What does that look like? I'd like you to expel that out or build a framework around what a disciplined hiring process looks like from the lens of building a high performance team. I think it starts right away. And we all get a lot of resumes when we have a job posted. We're fortunate that you get a lot of resumes right off the bat. You got to be tough on the resume. You got to be really, you got to look through the details and really find the individual that steps out. It's easy to be successful in your last role, but what does success 
really mean? And does that success kind of level into what you're looking for and what you feel the success is going to have to be in order to be successful on your team? So right off the bat, taking a hard look at the resume. Secondly, really getting prepared for the questions that you're going to ask this individual so that you have their well thought through, that they're going to meet the essential cog in your wheel that you're looking for on that team, that you've set the the questions up that they're not softballs, but essentially they're not too tough that you're not finding the right talent. But at the same time, I think so many times people come into interviews and they hadn't prepared for the interview. You and the candidate both deserve the best that you can give them in that interview process. You're letting the candidate down and you're letting your team down if you don't prepare for that interview. And that preparation could mean the difference in you settling for a candidate that answered a question that frankly was just not a well thought out question that you were asking them in order to get to the answers that you were looking for that are going to be the right people to put on your team. It's really good stuff. And I'm already taking some notes on the framework that we're going to build together. But there was one other element that you mentioned in the first bit of the conversation, which was sometimes as sales leaders and hiring managers, we're looking for pedigree. What's the drawback in taking that view, looking for pedigree? I think it's a uniqueness. I truly think it's looking outside of the box, if you will, and truly exploring and taking a deep dive into exactly the position that you're looking for. And and I say this all the time, as, as I said earlier, great salespeople come in a lot of different forms. It's not just, hey, they, they went through sales and marketing in college, or they were the student body president, or they, they get along great with people, or so on and so forth. I've had great salespeople that were accountants, I've had great salespeople that were psychology majors. I've had great salespeople that actually were introverted, but because they had that attention to detail and the wherewithal to understand what that process looked like in order to solve a certain problem for a client, they were exceptional at it. And so I think so many times you hear, oh, they're a great people person. That must mean they're a great salesperson. Are they, they had this success in this industry and that's why they're going to be great at what, what you need them for. That's not always the case. That's where you got to call a timeout. You got to really take a look hard at what you're looking for. You got to evaluate the person that's in front of you in all their facets of, of life. And, and that's the other thing. I love going back to the beginning and having that candidate really walk me through who they are, the decisions they've made, why they made those decisions and, and some of the things that they've done to get to where we are now. That's when you really start understanding the foundation and peeling the onion back, so to speak, on that individual to know that this person is truly who they say they are and they truly can do the job that, that we're looking for them to feel. I think we have a decent framework for how we can potentially find the talent that we're looking for, independent of any role. I think these things apply to any sort of hiring that you're doing. I want to expand a little bit and talk about something else that you said, which was when you're looking at hiring or building out a high performance team, you shouldn't be looking to fill the team with a bunch of clones of yourself. Why is that important? We all love ourselves, right? We all think that, that we are 
the best of the best at what we do. But that's that doesn't necessarily make a great team. Great teams are made up with very unique individuals that have special talents and can challenge the status quo, if you will, of a team. Some of the greatest sales teams that I've had, Jim, were ones that were made up of a lot of different individuals, but they just gelled because they had a common passion. That passion was revolved around success, not only personally, but as a team. That's the other thing I, I, that I think is extremely unique about a great sales person and a great sales team is that they want to be successful. They want to be the best of the best, but they also want to be surrounded by the best of the best and help their teammates to be better than they expect themselves to be. And when you have that ability to find that unique individual that is truly an exceptional sales talent, has an amazing character, has the ability to truly care about not only their clients and their business, but the people that are surround them that make up a team. You have a very special organization. And I've been fortunate over the years to have some of those folks that they, yeah, they wanted to win every award. Yes, they wanted to do well financially, but they got more excited when their teammates excelled. And just like a great sports team is that when you truly have passion for the people around you and you want what's best for your organization and the people that you work with, there's nothing greater than the satisfaction that you get when everybody wins. Let's switch gears a little bit and bring it to what we opened the conversation with. We've spent some time talking about what you should be looking at from a hiring perspective. Now they're on the team. And one of the things that I mentioned early on in the conversation was the concept of an ongoing dialogue, right player, right role, right team. Why is that important if your goal is to build a high-performing team? I think it's important for many reasons. Number one, sustainability. If you don't create and build the right foundation, yeah, you may be, you may have a successful team for this year, but you're not going to have the sustainability of a successful team for the next five, 10 years. And I think you owe it first off to the, the candidate that you hire to hire them for a career, not a job. And I say that a lot of times, if you're looking for a job, don't waste my time. But if you're looking for a career and you're looking for somebody that can coach you and mentor you and get you to where you want to be, then this is the right place to be. And so I think, again, it's, it's a situation where you want to hire the right individuals for the long term. And that comes back to essentially what you're looking for and how you're presenting the job in the first place. There's something really interesting about what you just said. You want to hire people for a career versus hiring them for a job. And that's an interesting philosophy. And maybe this is just limited to the circles that I run in, but I'm in B2B tech and the B2B tech space is flooded with people that are just constantly talking about scale. And it seems like your philosophy of hiring for a career versus hiring for a job is in conflict with the idea of scale and growth at all costs. Am I on the right track? I can never say someone's wrong for chasing the opportunity that they're looking for. You want to be happy in what you're doing. And some people get their energy from new opportunities and moving on. And this is not about that at all. Some people are simply just chasing the, the mighty dollar. And this is not about that at all. What this is about is 
the opportunity to feel like you're truly making a difference on a daily basis. You're truly growing as an individual and as a talented uh, sales organization and as a salesperson. But on top of this, I think everybody wants to be a part of a winning team. And yeah, you can do that and move to the next situation. But I just have a, a passion about me that feels, hey, I got a really good thing going here. And if I'm continuing to grow and I'm continuing to meet my financial needs as well as my, my personal needs, and I'm feeling great about the people I'm around, why would I want to mess something like that up? Okay, there's always grass greener on the other side. We've heard that a thousand times. And again, I'm not taking that away from anybody who's chasing that. But what I am telling you is that I've been in sales for a lot of years. And what I've seen is that it feels a lot better being part of a, a truly great team with somebody who cares about me and is mentoring me, not only as a professional, but on a personal level. And that's what I try to do. Before we wind down, let's let's put some work into the framework that we've built in this conversation. So if we're thinking about building elite teams and you take everything that you've said, what are the top things that the listener need to pay attention to when they're looking at building their own high-performing team? I think the key takeaways are this, challenge your standard, whether it's recruiting, hiring, training, your expectations. What does success look like? Continue to challenge your standards. Be tough on the process. It's easy to settle. If it takes seven interviews to find the right candidate, do it. Do not allow yourself to fall in love with a candidate just because they have your qualifications. I'm telling you, there's a lot of amazing people out there that don't necessarily have exactly what you have. So look for that uniqueness in those individuals and seek it out. Seek that unique talent out so that you can bring that to your team and that you can appreciate and they can appreciate the position that they're filling and how they're going to be able to excel in that position. And then remember this, great salespeople are everywhere. We have to find them and it's up to you to find them. And the, that goes back to that process and your standards and what you're looking for. And then finally, as hard as it, it sounds, you got to every year, you got to look at making a change on the lower 10% of your team, because that pace and that understanding will set a certain degree of continuing to excel and continue to get better that you don't even have to bring to the attention of the team. They know it. And remember, great salespeople want to be associated with other great salespeople and they want to be associated with great teams. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your team members to make sure that you're always challenging them to be better. And it's up to you as the coach and the mentor to continue to coach them up so that they can excel in the position you hired them to, to be in. Last thing before I wind down, where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn under Chip Neal, and then we're at abacustechnologies.com. So feel free to, to find me there. And like I said, I'm always open to help in any way I can. So if you got a question or you just want to talk about a certain situation, please reach out. I'd love to help in any way I can. Thanks for hanging out with us and, and sharing your insights. Here's the, the, the stuff that I pulled out of the conversation. 
And if you're building a framework around it, first step is to identify the motivation of the people that you're looking to hire. Next step is to define the success that you're looking for within the role, align your questions to the outcomes and goals that you're trying to achieve, ignore things like pedigree and cliches in your hiring process, and then be disciplined across all of those things for every candidate. And then you will have the right people in the right roles in the right seats going the right direction. Chip, learned a lot in the conversation. I hope the uh, listeners uh, will pick up as much as I did. Looking forward to getting feedback for those of you who have listened to the conversation. If you liked where it went, leave us a review, tell a friend, and tune in next time where we'll have another leader sharing with us how to build high-performing teams. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.